Episode 106, The Listening Well. I just remember feeling the Holy Spirit's presence of, I've got you where I want you, and you're serving a purpose right now. It might feel like it's a really small scale thing. Welcome to The Listening Well, engaging you, the reflective American woman, in story, spirituality, and social spaces through the grid of God's grace. Here, we're out to grow and nurture a kingdom culture by cultivating the creative in you. Hey, love. Here in The Listening Well, we've been exploring the importance of cultivating your creative, especially at such a time as this. Having a project to work on using the right side of your brain just a little bit every day is one of the things that can help keep you sane. No matter how you feel about recent events in our world or how anxious you may feel about the future, creativity makes a huge difference. I'm your host, Carthy Masters. Welcome. Lately, I've been speaking with screenwriters, artists, and folks associated with the TV show called The Chosen. As you've heard me say for months, it's simply the best TV I've ever experienced in my whole life. Television is one thing that can help us escape a not-so-pleasant reality, if for just a few minutes a day, which is okay. As long as it serves as sort of a hammock for your soul and your soul doesn't end up serving it. We don't want it to turn into something destructive to our souls or others. By now, you know I'm absolutely a fanatic for The Chosen. For me, it's also the one redemptive thing happening on social media, other than seeing photos of my personal friends. After feeling like a complete loser from scrolling for just a couple of minutes and comparing my life to everybody else's life, I love it when I see something come up from The Chosen. The more successful they are, the happier I am for them. It's so refreshing to know that it's even possible for me to feel this way about anybody. Sometimes the posts on Instagram are kind of solemn and thoughtful, and sometimes they're playful and funny. The mastermind behind all this is Justin Overlander. He's the one responsible for the social media coverage, and he keeps the corny dad jokes coming. (laughs) in a steady stream, but somehow he gets you to laugh every time, and it just feels safe, you know, like, I can trust these people. Dallas Jenkins, he's the creator of the show, and he talks about how important humor is to him, too. If you haven't gotten to hear Dallas's interview yet, go back and grab that, episode 103, and we'll wait right here. Today, you're going to take great delight, as I did, in hearing Justin talk about empathy and obedience and how calling has much more to do with who you are than what you do, being versus doing. As I listen back to this conversation, I'm reminded of my failure as a recording artist and how that magnificent defeat led me to do what I was really born to do, drawing others to the love of Christ through curious wisdom. In other words, basically, I was born to listen to people tell their stories. For a long time, I thought my life was going to be lived on a stage as an actor or a singer. But the Lord changed the course of my life by allowing me to fall on my face. (laughs) It was the best thing that ever could happen because it recalibrated me completely. I went from living a very detached, isolated life of delusional grandeur to cultivating deep, loving, meaningful, uh, healthy relationships, life-giving relationships. 
Now, that's not to say that one cannot have a successful career as an actor or an artist and still have meaningful relationships at the same time. It just, for me, it just was too easy to get by without being known and without really knowing other people, even my husband. That's another story for another day. But I am so thankful for my awakening. I realized relationships are the most important thing. That's what he wants me to build, is relationships. Even though it's meant a life of obscurity for me, I was so glad for the clarity. I knew that I needed to allow God to rebuild my marriage and get some friends around me who were willing to be real with me. Reminds me of something Jimmy Gentry said back at episode 48. You do what you're supposed to be doing, and when God has a special assignment for you, He'll know just where to find you. As you listen to Justin's story, you'll see the hand of providence working all the circumstances together for good. Justin jokes about being the most humble person you've ever met, but he really is very God-centered as opposed to self-centered. He is so not self-centered. And he starts us off explaining what it means to be associate producer of The Chosen. Here he is, Justin Overlander. Enjoy. Is this part of the podcast or are we? Or, yeah, we're on, okay. man. We're all right. All right. So I will, I will go into podcast voice. <laughs> 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 I came on very, very part-time, just a small role to help out with some of the social media things. And so I was the first person outside of VidAngel and Dallas and Daryl Eves, his business partner. At the time, my literary manager told me not to do it. Because really? of, yeah, oh yeah, and he's not my manager anymore. <laughs> but, um, there's this, I don't know what it is, but there's this uh, perception that if you don't, if you don't put the appropriate dollar value on your services, that you're selling yourself short. Mm. And I just don't buy that across mm. the board. Yeah. And so even though I wasn't necessarily going to be paid what my manager said, was worthy of what I was going to be doing. It was a project I believed in. It was something Absolutely. that I wanted to get out to the world. And I knew selfishly too, that it was a project that was going to grow. Yeah, I, I knew that I wouldn't just be doing menial tasks all the time. And not that any task is menial when your brand also, you know, floats over into the ministry world. There mm -hmm. is no okay. such thing as a menial task that isn't important enough to be done. Um, and so, God has honored your efforts. Look at that. It's so cool because you were sewing in, you were pouring out and investing really in something you believed in. And now look at what God has done. It's multiplied back to you, man. Well, it, it has. And, you know, it's interesting you say invest because we, my wife and I, we invested in the chosen. Mm -hmm. uh, I had already been working for them. So it was, we believe in the project enough that even if I was fired tomorrow, mm. we would continue to support it financially and we would continue wow. to spread the word. But that's it's, beautiful. It's, it's interesting to hear you phrase it that way though, Carthy, that, that God is multiplying for me. And I, I try not to look at it that way because it feels in my mind that that's kind of a selfish way of, of looking at it more. Mm. What I like to do is just, I just want to do what God wants me to do. 
And yeah. I don't want to get in the way, <laughs> honestly. Like and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s now, and I have spent most of those years getting in the way. Mm. And telling God what he's supposed to do for my life. Praying that he will get this career of mine launched. Because that's, that's, we're, we're taught to just get ourselves out there and try mm. to prove that we are talented and that we are gifted and that we know what we're doing. Mm. None of us knows what we're doing, honestly. Right. And, right. and the, the truth of it is, I'm just trying to be obedient. Mm. And for me, it's, it's just really trying to be obedient and recognizing that I fail every single day. Mm, well, that's such a fresh perspective, and it's so nice to hear your humility just radiates through the line. It's awesome. Well, I like you to say don't I'm, hear that very often. I'm one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of humility to admit that. <laughs> you know, if if we can't forgive the uh, the, uh, the rough segue here, but we at the chosen we have a sense of humor. I mean, if if anybody is following us on social media, you'll stumble across uh, a, a, a playful gif, or mm. you know, even a, even a joke in response to something that's semi serious. But I, I tell you, Jesus had a sense of humor. He had oh, no a doubt. sense of humor. <laughs> I so, agree. That's I, I think. I think the minute we start to take ourselves too seriously is the minute that we really get caught up in making ourselves a little more important than we really, truly are. (laughs) And at the same time, I had the pleasure of interviewing Liz Tavish, who plays Mary Magdalene. And she told me that you read with her at her callback and things got really emotional for both of you really quick. Do you remember that scene? Do you remember reading it? Oh my goodness, I, I remember that very, very well. <laughs> and um, what touched you about it? What made you guys get so um, caught in the emotion? I am an empath, so I struggle to disassociate myself with other human emotions, with other humans' emotions. Mm. Um, I, can, I can read a news story about somebody that I have no relation to whatsoever and cry mm either tears of joy or tears of sadness, just because I know mm. the emotions that other people are going through. And, and wow. that's, that's, a, that's too trite to put it that way. I, I don't know the emotions that they're going through, but I, I know how I would emote in those situations. Right. And it causes me to react viscerally mm. in a way that potentially other people are reacting as well. So when Liz was reading that role and uh, as, as you know, the demon possessed woman mm. and her eyes started to well up and that immediately, you know, I'm a sympathetic crier. So, uh, I I mean, acting aside, I just started to emote from that. Mm. And then you kind of lose yourself and in, because I'm usually the one auditioning because I'm an actor, but when I'm on the other side of the casting table and I'm reading opposite actors, Mm -hmm. there's that, that balance of giving them enough to play with, but not taking over the scene. Right. It, it just, with Liz, it just got to that point where I don't care at all. I am in this moment. I am in, and this isn't Liz Tabish. This isn't somebody auditioning. This yeah. is Lilith. Yeah. And I'm emoting with her because at that time, we're just two human beings having mm. emotions together. And it, yeah, it 
escalated really, really quickly. You know, they say the psychologists are, their number one concern right now for this new generation coming up is that they're lacking in empathy. Mm -hmm. So what you're living right now is by definition what we would call the wholehearted or abundant life. Because you're, because you can't truly have joy without having sadness and sorrow and embracing all the feelings in between. So you're, you must be a really joyful person. I mean, I'm sure that you have really down moments, but that's part of it. I love the way you put it. In order to really experience joy, you, you need to know the opposite. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, a Christian, uh, a lifelong Christian. I've, I've always been a believer. I don't have my come to Christ moment, but. The reason we have night is because if we didn't have night, we, we really wouldn't know what day is. You, you have, <laughs> have something to contrast it with. And so if, if I exude that I'm a joyful person, that's great because that is what I want to exude. But the truth is I'm broken. Mm. I am emotional. I have my moments where I am just on my knees and, 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 and this isn't hyperbole, <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we, we speak these things like metaphorically, but no, there are times where I literally just get on my knees and I will bang my hands against my bed or against the couch or, or yeah. whatever. And, and sometimes I'll just throw my hands up and mm-hmm. I will say things to God that uh, it's a good thing God wears his big boy pants. <laughs> because he, he can handle it. He can handle it. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing. And that's, Believe totally. He wants us to wrestle with him. Yes, he, he us invites us. Exactly. He, he wants us to share his, our hearts with him like a daddy would, a good dad. Absolutely. And he he has, you know, he can discipline us if he wants. Right. But it all comes from the place of love. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I exude joy for the most part, but I want people to know and recognize that I'm in an emotionally broken, a mentally broken, and, and the older I get, more physically broken person. Than, than I hear probably, that. Yeah, than, than probably my public persona might imply. Well, and isn't that so much more inviting? When you meet someone who's broken and honest, it's so much more authentic and welcoming than somebody who's got it all together and got their head in the clouds and, and really is no earthly good. I mean, it's, it's, you just have a way of inviting others into it. So just thank you for being so open about that. Well, and you, thank you, Carthy, too, for all that you're doing. I mean, I was aww. researching a little bit and, and just trying to familiarize myself with your ministry. And just, aww. first of all, you have like the most soothing voice in the world. It's just <laughs> Unreal! How draw, how inviting your your voice is, and how calming it is. So thank you uh, so much. I, I'm I'm now going to be a fan of your podcast. It doesn't matter what <laughs> you say, just to listen to your melodic voice. That is, is so kind of fabulous. you. Well, um, Justin, as you're you're talking about kneeling and banging your fist on the bed. I wonder if you can uh, share with us a redemption story where you thought this is an absolute bust or a fail and God turned it around and redeemed it. You know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of um, selfishness, I think, that, that comes when I try to really examine my, my own life and, and how 
things have turned around for me or, um, you, you know, moments. I, I don't know. I, it's just this, this me approach that I'm, that I'm hesitant to dive too much into, but I will, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story about my career aspirations and, and how basically mm. as, as a teenager, the, the minute I knew I wasn't going to grow enough to be a professional football player, I decided mm. I'm going to be an, an actor. I'm, I'm going to move to Hollywood. I, I'm going to be a movie star. And, you know, I, I'm going to be a, a, a sheep in wolves clothing, so to say. Mm. I always thought that I would be in the secular film business and just someone that could wear his faith on his sleeve and bring people to Christ in, you know, yeah. in, the, in wow. the dark, dark nether regions of of what the film industry sometimes is portrayed as. And, yes. and I, I, I really don't think the film industry is as dark as some people like to think <laughs> it is. There are some just wonderfully amazing people working in Hollywood right now I, mm. that, that I know personally and, and some that I don't know personally, but I do believe I have a pretty good grasp of where their heart is. And, you know, we, we tend to emphasize the negative, but there's so much good happening. So much good. Now. So my redemption story is... Uh, four or five years ago, I decided that I was going to move my family to Los Angeles. Um, we had saved up enough money and, and we had enough equity in the house that we could sell it and, and move out there. We, we ended up, I, I called, this is, this is um, it, it might take me longer than I, than I want to get. Oh, to please go for it. But you're all about storytelling and telling I stories. am. I'm bringing on, brother. Yeah, so you can edit out what you don't need from this. <laughs> But we, it, it was really kind of a make or break moment for, for me as, as mm. a person, for, for my marriage, everything. I mean, I remember just crying and praying with my wife and she had finally come to the point where she could not leave Minnesota because her family is here and they're a very tight-knit family. And, and so she's a good balance for me, really is. We've, mm. uh, you know, I... I I just have to pinch myself sometimes to, to acknowledge how blessed I am to have. So uh, sweet. As my wife, but love that. But this was a make or break moment. And, and I remember when she told me she couldn't do it. I mean, this, we had already oh. talked to the realtor and we were going to put the, the house up on the market and, and I, you know, throwing my hands up in the sky and I went on a walk and I'm I probably was, looking like a like a crazy derelict out mm. walking paths in the suburb that we lived in at the time but mm. i was so distraught and, and and so angry because i thought this was my one final chance to give this acting thing a shot mm. i mean i was almost 40 at the time and wow. people don't break into the industry regularly at that age mm -hmm. um, which isn't to say it doesn't happen and, and that's not the point of this story but, but right. in my mind just playing the numbers game the statistics all things were against me wow so so we we needed to get out there and i just mm -hmm. remember having that breakdown and, and and finally she came to terms and and said okay we can we can do this and my realtor said no you, you're not going to be able to sell your house in time i said well we're going to try anyway we sold the house right away. You're kidding. No, no. And, and we didn't have a place to live out there. We, we knew the school district we wanted to be in. And so I blindly called a real estate company, a, a leasing company, and said, you know, we're, we're moving out there. Neither of us is going to have a job, but we're going to have 
enough money in the bank to cover a year, maybe two of rent. Wow. The, the person I was, was talking to said, well, it doesn't work that way. We, we can't do that. Oh. And I don't know how, well, I, I do know how, but um, mm -hmm. the, the woman I was talking to is, is a believer and mm -hmm. it, it didn't even come up in the conversation at that point. But somehow she pulled some strings and, and got us a house. That we oh, had, my goodness. We, we hadn't seen. I mean, obviously, we, we hadn't been out there to walk through it. And if you've ever gone house shopping, you know that some houses can look beautiful on, on, uh, on the Internet, on camera. <laughs> yeah. But you get there and they can just stink or yeah. have a film all over them or something. Yes. So, so we went out blindly we, we rented our our truck and and <laughs> packed everything up um left some things behind and and drove from minnesota to santa clarita california and we pulled up to the house we were renting and that was the first time that we had ever seen it in person unreal and it ended up being great and while we were there we <laughs> so this is the other just amazing miracle Carly. um we we, I, I had gotten in touch with some Lutheran pastors before yeah. moving out there because it was important for me and my family that we got involved in the church right away. Yeah. The morning, the, the first Sunday morning that we were there and able to go to church, we were running late, and this church was about 15 minutes away. And there was a Baptist church nearby, about five minutes away from the house. So I thought, well, mm -hmm. let's give it a shot. What the heck? <laughs> I, I had a, a vision of Baptist churches in my mind of everybody is just hands up in the air, they're clapping, it's, you know, a little <laughs> more energetic than, than we, you know, soft-spoken um, Scandinavian Midwesterners are ready for. And we walked up on this campus and it was like a mega church. And I forgive me for my candor here, <laughs> but I'm not a big mega church person. I'm just I not. get that. Um, so I, just all the red flags right away. Yes. And, and the sermon was just fantastic. It was so biblically based mm. and so in touch with just, just bridging the gap between the scriptures and modern day mm -hmm, and like how it applies relevance. today. Yeah. Right. Just blew me away. We fell in love with the church and I, I, I got involved um, with some of the, the other ministry aspects there. Yay. And, and to this day, remain good friends with a number of the people that we met there. That's yeah, so, so great. So, so long story short, even if nothing else came out of this move to Los Angeles, mm -hmm. just connecting with that church reignited my faith. Oh, and beautiful. So if God needed to bring us as a family out there, and I think it had an effect. Well, I, no, I know it had an effect on my wife as well and, I, and, and my kids too, because we mm. still talk about Grace Baptist in Santa Clarita. They have a podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> and it was just five minutes away. It, it, it just, it's like, I'm not necessarily a big believer that God cares much about geography. Mm -hmm. I, I think he doesn't necessarily need us in a particular place mm -hmm. um, physically. He just mm -hmm. needs us in a particular place mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I don't know that it was his ultimate design to bring us out there just for that. But because we went out there, he used it and yes. really just, just dropped that church right in our laps Oh. And I, I get a little emotional just thinking about it because it, so it, was, sweet. it was just what I needed in mm. my faith walk. 
Now, wow. granted, when we moved back to Minnesota, I sank into uh, approximately a three or four month depression. Oh. And, and still, when winter comes around, I still get into my, uh, you know, days, uh, sometimes yes. week long depressions, but I take the vitamin D supplements and I try <laughs> to work out as much as I can. Um, but um, but the, the redemption of that whole story then, Carthy, is just that we we struggled to get out there. We struggled to get back. But we can see how God moved through all of it and, and was mm -hmm. there all along. Even when I tried to push him away, when we were mm. moving back, he was still there. And, and, wow. And that is beautiful. That's redemption all over it. When you got back to Minnesota, Justin, did you jump back into local commercials and industrial films like I do? Or... So this, this actually continues the redemptive part of the story because I, at that point, just wanted to, to end that career altogether. I, I had gotten to the yeah. point, and you know, this, this has been going on for me for, for more than 20 years, wanting to be in the film industry. And yeah. most of those years, I have spent praying for God to take the desire away. Mm. because it just wasn't happening it, it yep. just not not at the level that i wanted it to happen anyway yes. and i for for all intents and purposes i had quite a bit of acting success in a small market of the twin cities and yeah. i booked a, quite a few commercials uh, independent movies it was i mean for this market i was having a, a, a good amount of success yeah but it was you know like when you're acting in commercials, you're not really acting. You're just being a personality. Right. And I wanted to act. I, I wanted to be on Lost, for crying yeah. out loud. You know? <laughs> and be creative. Yeah. And, yeah. and really dive into somebody that isn't me. I mean, that's that's one of my outlets, is is to just explore different worlds. I mean, it's a cathartic, um, it's it's a therapeutic thing for me as, as a mm. human being to dive into other people. It, it sounds yeah. really weird and, and, and almost metaphysical. I don't mean it that way at all. No, I get that. But as a writer, you're creating characters and you start to fall in love with these people. And for me, I really wanted to be an actor that was playing somebody different than myself. And mm -hmm. it's, it's one thing to be a spokesperson for, uh, you know, a grocery store or a car dealership or mm -hmm. insurance companies or, or, or anything like that. And it's, it's, it's fun when, when people will send me a little message and say, Oh, Hey, I saw you on TV and, and <laughs> people get a kick out of that. And, and I'm right. Not, I'm not dismissing that at all. And, and it pays the bills. I mean, some of these commercials pay quite well. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I only told one of my agents that I was back in town. And it was just kind of a, <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, and then there's a humiliation too, where you, mm. you, you leave your market and you're going to go conquer the big markets. And then mm. you come back kind of tail between your legs. So it added mm. me some humility in all of this too. Mm -hmm. And I told the one agent, and it wasn't more than a couple weeks, and, and I, I had an audition, mm -hmm. and I ended up booking the commercial right away. Nice. And, and I, I booked another commercial just, uh, you know, a month or two after that. And they, you know, they, they weren't, like, get-rich commercials, but they were, they, they helped. They helped tremendously. Yeah. Just psychologically, it was nice to be on set. And uh, 
it, it's like God was saying, you know what, don't, don't quit on this yet. Mm. Okay? Just, just because it's not happening on your timeline doesn't mean it's not supposed to happen. Right on. And, and speaking of that, and there, there, the only time I've fasted in my life for clarity was when I was in Santa Clarita. My family had come home to, to spend the summer in Minnesota with, with my in-laws. And so I was out there all alone and I did the, the 24-hour fast because I wanted to try it selfishly, of course. You know, God, tell me what to do. Are we supposed to stay here? Are we supposed to move back? And Aww. I remember just, just praying and, and begging for clarity in my purpose. You know, so many Christians have read Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven. Purpose Driven, yes. Yeah, we, we all want to know what's our purpose? What's our, what's our calling? Yes. I mean, we're so interested in why am I here? Why did God make me the way that I'm made? And yes. so I'm just asking him, what is my calling? Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I, I, I don't hear the voice of God audibly. I, you know, some people maybe do, but I, I felt a specific phrase, yeah. not audibly, but, but, you know, just your heart can interpret these, these moments. Oh, yeah. And I heard God say that my calling is teaching. Ooh. And, and my degree is in education. I was an elementary school teacher for a while. I can totally see that. <laughs> and I, but I didn't want to go back. I, for, for so many reasons that I won't get into, I did not want to be in the classroom again. And yeah. so when I heard that my calling was teaching, wow. I was mad. I mean, I was distraught. <laughs> so I, I asked again. I was like, no, you, you misheard the question. <laughs> like, Let me rephrase it. What do you see me doing for the rest of my life? And so I, I dug deeper and, and, and just, you know, really wrestled with that for a while. And, mm. and, and I got, it's not over yet for this industry, but my goal or my role in this industry is to be a teacher within it. Sweet. So, yeah. And, and, and honestly, a lot of what I'm doing with The Chosen right now is, is teaching, um, teaching people how to see it, <laughs> but also just uh, you know, taking care of the investors that come to set and, and other um, people that come visit and, and running our behind-the-scenes team. And, and from just, what I can see, you're also nurturing the cast and crew and giving them something to laugh about. That's such <laughs> a gift. That's so important. You're well, a nurturer too. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and I just took a leadership assessment and I score really high on the nurturing side of things. Totally. Yes. It, 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 it is. Um, there are times where I can perceive it as not a gift, but, but a curse. I, I think now I'm just finally coming to terms with, I, uh, God made me this way for a reason. Yeah. And even though the world still tends to reward the very confident, direct, alpha male personality where mm. confidence can sometimes outweigh competence, mm. I do believe that we are kind of in a transitional period right now where the impacts are going to have more of a voice. I couldn't um, agree more. And when you look at Jesus, our prime example, he was a nurturer. He was a teacher. Oh, the the best. The best. He he did it in such a way that he could tell somebody how wrong they were without also making them feel like garbage. That's right. And that is a gift. 
Yeah, to disarm and, um, people like that. Mm-hmm. He had it. So, and I see, I, I see you doing that, Carthy, too. And I, I, I'm just, I'm going to be a fan, and, and you're going to get sick <laughs> of me. Not, I mean it sincerely. Oh, I, I can't thank you enough. And really, Justin, that leads. Um, I have a couple more questions for you, but um, you, you're segueing just so naturally into each of these. But what would what would a close friend say about you at your memorial service way, way down in the future? Far, <laughs> far away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get really real with you and, and just be Come on. And, and say in, in my darkest moments, there are times where I'm like, okay, fine, take me, uh, you know, and, and I just, mm-hmm. I want to be upfront. And, and, and if there's somebody listening to this that has any of those thoughts, you're not alone. I mean, even somebody, if you're familiar enough with The Chosen and have watched our behind-the-scenes content and seen any of our on-set live feeds oh, and yeah. everything, I, and, and like you said, Kathy, I exude joy, yes. just know that there are times where the yang comes in mm. and really overtakes some of the thoughts that I have. And mm. it's one of those things that I'm starting to try to be more aware of when the slide starts so that I can head it off at the pass. Yeah. But, but when you say, you know, hopefully way, 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 way down, down the road, I'm, I'm not afraid to go mm, home. I, I really am not. At this point, though, I want to be here for my wife and kids. I, I, yeah. just, I truly, truly do. They mm. are so important to me. And an adult male role model in the lives of kids is of the utmost importance. You're absolutely right. And a nurturing one at that on top. <laughs> well, yeah. So to answer your question six minutes later, <laughs> what, what do I hope somebody says at my, at my eulogy? I, mm. I think the funny answer is, look, he's moving. But, but the, more, <laughs> the, the more honest answer is, is just that I, I hope they realize that, that I was a loving person and, and that I cared and, and that I, my gift was building people up. Again, we, we, can, mm. we can look at calling as what's my career supposed to be? Am I supposed to be married? Am I supposed to live in Hawaii, Minnesota? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that any of that is ultimately all that important. The calling is who are you to other people? How are you going to be Jesus to people that need Jesus? Amen. I hope that people recognize that I was somebody that was trying to be Jesus. Not not in not in that kind of way, but trying to to be what they needed at that time. I, I don't know. I you you just you can't reach everybody with the same exact message spoken in the same exact way. You're it's right. The whole reason Jesus spoke in parables, and it's the whole reason he used different parables on different groups of people. Yes. As a teacher, you know there are different learning styles. Some yeah. are audible, some are visual, some are tactile, and, mm-hmm. and you can't expect a crowd of 100 people to come away from the same message the exact same way. That's it's right. It's all about individuals, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping that I do. So hopefully somebody, when I'm gone, will say, yeah, he did a decent job of making me feel special. That's what they say is the most important thing. It's not people. People might not remember a word you said, but they'll remember the way you made them feel. That mm-hmm. is the ticket. Can you loop back around for a second, Justin, and talk about um, 
when you are at you know one of those low points that you touched on how do you bring yourself out of it how do you head it off now at my age i have become a little bit better at just recognizing that this is just a brief season mm. and seasons can be defined as you know weeks months years but they can also be defined as minutes or hours and when I'm in those darkest times, I can kind of step back and say, all right, this, <laughs> as trite as it might sound, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. it's, it, 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 it doesn't overtake me as, as much as it used to. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't last as long as it used to. But I'm more open to expressing it to my wife now. Mm -hmm. And I'm more open about just being honest about it. Because... Mm -hmm. I think the more we, we try to exude this persona that I'm strong and I'm powerful and nothing can break me, sticks and stones may break my bones, you know, that, that's baloney. None of that is true. You're right. We are all broken people and we all will, will fall victim to the enemy's tricks. Mm -hmm. and, and really, my dives into depression, the older I get, the better I get at at heading them off. So for mm. me, how does that apply to a 20 year old that's going through the exact same thing? I don't know. Mm. That's, that's one of my life goals is to try to come up with ways to give strategies for people that are having the same struggles that I've had for, for my entire adult life. I just want to recap what you said. This too shall pass um, just rings of an eternal perspective. That is really important to remember right now. I, again, I, I, I want, if, if anybody listening to this is a fan of The Chosen and has you know, seen me or, or, or been familiar with me um, through The Chosen, I, I yeah. want them to, to just know the truth about how broken that I am because mm -hmm. I relate to broken people and, and I want to be somebody that they can confide in. And mm. interestingly, even when I'm on set and, and, and sometimes it's just a matter of hanging out with, you know, with, with investors that come to set. One, one of the ways that, that we raise money for the show is, is that people do our pay it forward system. Oh yeah. And, and if they contribute a, a specific amount of money or, or reach a certain threshold, one of the perks is that we invite them to come to set and visit. And, and sometimes they get to be an extra. Absolutely. And, so fun. Oh, it's, it's so fun because then when I'm editing our behind the scenes videos and I'm seeing these people that I know that are in the background and I'm like, you know, in, in, in Hollywood, background actors are treated poorly for the most part. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, just, they're just bodies to fill a scene. And if you get um, a particularly grouchy um, PA, um, mm -hmm. production assistant or, or second second um, assistant director that just wants to push people around mm. Your, mm. your life as a background actor can be pretty miserable mm. but but i just again i i don't rank i i hate the idea of ranking people mm -hmm. and so when i see these people that are now friends of mine in the background filling up the scene like, <laughs> oh, it's so great to see you and it, i such a gift so so it's really exciting to meet the, the, the people that are funding the show, that are making it possible, and to get to hang out with them on set. And one conversation I remember on set was with a woman who, 
actually brought her granddaughter because she has a, a, a dream of, of being in the film and TV industry. Aww. And the grandmother had lost her husband um, just a mm. month ago. I spent, I, I think it was 45 minutes just listening to her talk about Aww. her husband. That was, that was exactly where I needed to be at that moment. And I was so happy that I was there. That meant the world to her. I, I hope so. And it, it may not mean to her what I think it meant to her. But mm -hmm. at that time, I just remember feeling the Holy Spirit's presence of, I've got you where I want you. And you're serving a purpose right now. And mm -hmm. it might feel like it's a really small scale thing. But the whole thing about the chosen is Jesus's relationship with individuals. Yes. And so even on set, the important thing for me is to relate with the individuals and not, we've been seen by tens of millions of people. The show is, oh, is really phenomenal. Yeah. But I, I, I'm more happy with that conversation that I had with that woman that day. It's so great because what where you came from, you know what it's like on the other side. And so you took all that experience and you made them feel like, here's the red carpet. You get to walk on it. They will never, ever forget you. I'm so touched by Justin's honesty about his shattered dream of being a big-time actor. For the first 30 years of my adult life, I dreamed of being an actor too, or a recording artist. And just for that long, I prayed that the desire would be taken away, just like Justin did. Do you have a dream that you've wrestled with too? One that you wish the Lord would just root out of you? Because it would just be easier to let the dream die. I understand that. Maybe it will manifest differently than you ever imagined at first. Remember what Justin tells us. The key to finding your calling is, who are you to others? It's a good question to keep in mind. And you know, I wanted to say, um, as a general rule, when I talk with a coaching client about fasting and praying, I don't want it to sound like God always speaks in an audible voice. I never want to imply that he's like a genie in a bottle granting us wishes or a crystal ball or what was it, a, a magic eight ball? Is that what it was called? When I was a kid in the 70s, we passed around this big black eight ball and it would answer questions. <laughs> you know, you'd turn it and it would have different, I don't know, it was just like this floating little answer key in there. It was so dumb, but I never mean to imply that our Lord is at all like that. And he doesn't always speak audibly, but I, I am trusting that you can hear in Justin's story that his season of fasting and praying and calling out to God led him right back to his knees. That's the point, that, that you would go back to the Father. That's what he wants more than anything, is relationship with you. I'm wondering when Justin talks about his gratitude for his church in Santa Clarita, California, do you find yourself just scratching your head? How can anyone feel that attached to a place, an institution like a church? Well, because the church isn't about a location. It's a body of believers. It's a living organism made up of living humans. There have been so many times this year where I felt really lonely for my church. 
we have jumped on the live stream like you probably have on Sunday mornings, but gosh, that sometimes just makes my heart hurt even more. Just to see the sanctuary where we've enjoyed worshiping all these years with our people, they really have been our family away from family. I hope you have a body of believers that you've been missing these days. If not, can I challenge you to find a church home? Now, Carthy? In the middle of a pandemic? Yes, now. I can't think of a time we need a church home more. If you've ever had moments of despair like Justin and I have experienced, know that you are not alone. Take his reminder to heart. Um, And here, I'm going to list a counseling service that you might find helpful if you're dealing with some depression or anxiety. Also, on a lighter note, are you interested in being an extra on the set of The Chosen and meeting Justin Overlander? Well, there's a really simple way to do it. It's called Pay It Forward. I'm going to link to it in the notes. And it's super easy. You could just download the app called The Chosen from your app store on your phone. Um, And there are instructions right there for Pay It Forward. If you've enjoyed these recent episodes on cultivating your creative, please, can I trouble you to leave a review? If you're new around here, listen to a few of our episodes first and then leave us a five-star rating too. Just a few little ways for you to live out love. Till next time. Bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back and we'll talk more about cultivating a kingdom community by nurturing the creative in you. Someday I'll fly, someday I'll soar. What? What the heck? Uh Uh-oh.